Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the first podcast for Living Nightmares. Uh, I have two other of the EPs, executive producers of Living Nightmares, sitting with me, along with myself, who I'm also an executive producer. My name is Mark Conway. To my left is... Zach Smith. And this is Brandon Rakowski, uh, who also writes most of the episodes and is also the director of photography. I'm just the director and post guy here, so yeah, I guess that's a thing. And I'm the uh, money manager, office manager, and generally in-between guy. Takes care of all the in-between stuff. Your cliche-looking accountant. Yeah, yeah, that, that that is exactly what I am. So, um, I, you know, we're going to be doing a regular podcast um, as, as frequently as we possibly can, uh, discussing our favorite topics of horror, uh, whether we talk about horror movie news, or we talk about some of our favorite movies, and I'll also be doing a question of the podcast, uh, you know, just because I don't know, normally it's question of the week or question of the month, but it's a question of the podcast, where we'll talk about a variance of different topics. Um, I know that uh, I'm going to let it over to Brandon, who's going to lead the discussion for this first round, and we will go from there. Yeah, so... I saw a few horror movies, a couple TV shows, of course. Zach has a couple bits of horror news that he wants to talk about. Um, first off, I saw Us a couple days ago. Oh, was it? I loved it. Um, I have not seen it, so, you know. The, so yeah, neither bad. have I. I've been hearing mixed bag reviews about it, but I've and never that, heard a bad review about it, so that's a the, plus. The mixed reviews astound me. Like, I have no idea how anybody... Like, I, I loved every second of it. Um, like, nobody said it was bad. It's just that it's, I don't know, missing potential, I guess, is the worst review I've seen about it so far. I don't see it. Mm. I don't see it. Um, th- there's a lot going on in the movie, I will say that. Like, um, If you blink, you miss something? No, it's not like that. It's like, there's just themes on top of themes on top of themes. And some more themes. And some more themes did on you, top of that. Did you have some themes with your themes? Exactly. Yo, dog! Did you get some themes with your themes? It's like a main course of themes, the side of themes, and what's for dessert. More themes. themes. <laughs> um, but no, it was a really, really good movie. Um, yeah, it's... You go into it thinking it's just going to be a home invasion movie with the twist of the people invading is the family that lives there but it goes in so many other directions after that um so the trailer doesn't give away the whole movie like get out did i never saw the trailer for get out but i have heard that critique quite a bit um if get out's trailer showed the whole movie us's trailer maybe showed the first half of the movie Mm. uh there's a lot more going on in that movie than you would think just from the marketing materials that's a plus um fair enough yeah the acting was great the twists and turns were great the characters were great like i wanted the characters to make it through like a lot of horror movies just don't care about the characters and it's just a lot of horror movies just follow horrible horrible people that you just want to see axed off um, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that i just want to no, point out no there's, there's, nothing, <laughs> there's nothing inherently wrong with that but watching people get murdered is awesome. God, so... Oh come on, we but, all know that's yeah, why we're here. <laughs> but th- this this movie, it's you do root for the main characters. Okay. Uh, you you want them to make it out. You want them to find a way out of the situation. 
Um, the uh, I know a lot of reviews said that this is uh, this is almost like um, an hour, two hour long Twilight Zone episode. It has I can that, see that. It has that kind of feel to it, which ironically enough, obviously he's shifting over to hosting Twilight Zone, so that makes a yep. lot of sense for which people to make those parallels. Which just premiered today, but we can't watch it because of our wi-fi situations but we're not going to go into that on this podcast no uh, no we're not because we'll be sitting here for two hours the um i know that i know yeah it's generally been positive reviews and obviously with him switching over to it us was clearly a movie that everybody took seriously good um it was a good script uh really well shot i loved every moment i was never bored okay um and the second it ended, I just went on my phone and pre-ordered the 4K Blu-ray because I loved it that much. The, uh, um, uh, the and yeah, I, I can't wait for the two of you to see it so we can actually talk about it in detail and get into spoilers and all that good stuff. Which is always, which is always nice. Um, but the obviously, you know, he knows what the hell he's doing. Uh, he's definitely going to be this, you know, uh, this, you know, couple last couple years the best horror director working in the business right now. So I think he has a lot of. Uh, he's, he actually, I'm glad he found the niche and everything else for horror movies. Although you know, what's something funny. I had a conversation with somebody today, and I actually talked to you about this um, recently. Is that comedies, a comedy and horror, pretty much have the same beats and are almost the same exact story. It's a, it's, it's a, you know, it's just a difference in execution. You know, you have a setup, and you know, no pun intended, but the you know, you have a setup, and then you have a um, an escalation or a you know, um, a stick. Um, you know, you have a setup, and then you have you know something happen, and the only difference is the something that happens. That's it. Yeah, it's the same setup, same build up, same you know you know ridiculous structure of how it works, but just how you actually execute the um, the punchline, so to speak. That's the only difference. So it's not it's not a huge stretch for him to jump from comedy to horror, and not to mention most of the Key and Peele sketches are pretty dark by themselves. So so yeah so. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to move uh, move on, I have I have news, and then we can talk about Zach's news. Um, obviously, the new um, Annabelle trailer um, or the Conjuring Universe trailer uh, dropped. Uh, Whatever the, the hell they're calling it at what, this point, you know, who knew that we were going to get a universe? Um, although Jordan Peele says that uh, those are those Get Out and Us are in the same universe, so that's the mm. new trend on the block that everybody's making. I can see it, but I don't think that's necessary. Are universes ever necessary? The uh, with the exception of most of our comic books, and even that's pushing it. Uh, well, uh, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, but that being said, uh, it was it's okay. It, at least in my opinion, it's okay. Here's the only saving grace of it is that the two main actors that who play um, uh, the the Warrens are in it. Vera Farmiga and uh, Patrick Wilson. Correct. Thank you. Um, and when they're in it, it's usually pretty good. When they're not in it, it's usually really bad. So I'll take that as a positive. It looks, it looks okay. Um, you know, it, it can be enjoyable or it could really take a hard left into bad. Uh, you know, it really just depends on what happens. Obviously, I'll see it. Um, I may, I may wait for Blu-ray on that one um, or even just a rental. But I, I don't think I'll probably spend money in the theater. I haven't even seen the first Annabelle's. The only movies from that 
universe that I've seen are the two Conjuring movies, and they're good, um, but I've had no interest in the spinoffs whatsoever. <laughs> and this one just looks like... Um, it almost sucks, too, because everybody everybody didn't get to see you almost cringe when you said the word universe. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you went, yeah, the, the Conjuring universe. It was, it was a Grin and Barrett moment. It was great. Yeah. Um... No, it's the thing about the Conjuring movies for me, and particularly the spin-offs. Okay, so the first one's based on a true story, and obviously it's embellished for a movie. I can work with that. The first one's a really good movie. Nothing will ever take that away from it. It's uh, it really creeped me out when I saw it in the theater when I when it first came out. Um, I still think it's a very enjoyable horror movie. I'll often watch it in October. Is found its way in my rotation for that. So first one's a really good, solid movie. Uh, the second one, overall solid. Uh, that one maybe not as entertaining, but mm. entertaining enough. Um, I don't care for the last act when everything's just er- everything's on. too big. It, like it, 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 I I know that one is based on a real case. But it just goes, it throws the believability out the window. Um, Even though the ending of the first one did kind of, it definitely got noisy, but it never, it never reached that peak of, I don't buy this as true story. And especially since one of the Warrens is still alive and everything, it's, the, the second one and the last third just kind of throws out the whole believability based on true story aspect and i feel the spinoffs throw it away even further fair enough um, yeah the spinoffs are, are awful three, yeah. sh- three shades of awful and they they really just yeah they i mean they they do everything cliche that they possibly can yeah. do actually i conjuring is actually in my top five um uh for for horror movies it's in the low top five if not almost six but um i've i personally for all time or the decade, um, might be for all time. Okay. Um, uh, I it was one of the one of the first one of the few times that I've seen a movie that had really quality directing, really quality acting, really good script work, and really good um, camera work, and really treated it as a piece of art, regardless of a genre. Because I've seen a lot of shit in horror, yeah. um, uh, you know, and we we've all seen a lot of shit in horror. Um, I'm sure Zach especially. But yeah, no, I, I really, really appreciate The Conjuring, but but I also think that most of the spinoffs are three shades of terrible. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it may be, a, 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 you know, again, my overall a, a thought on it is I'm definitely going to probably wait for the DVD release. How about you, Brennan? Are you going to wait? Are you going to see it in theaters or are you going to wait for it to, on a, well, rent, let's see, a rental? I haven't seen Annabelle. I haven't seen the Annabelle prequel. I haven't seen The Nun. Um, I'm gonna keep up that tradition and probably not see it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> what about you, Zach? I only saw the nun because I worked at a theater and could see it for free. And even then, I'm like, I give a thousand hells less about this. Whatever. I want my money back. But you didn't spend <laughs> no, any money. No, I still want it back. No, I want somebody to pay. It, me. it wasn't that bad. It wasn't a ghost story bad or anything. Just yeah. Oh, but Jesus. Okay. Fuck that movie. That's that's A twenty four, isn't it? Fucking A twenty four. Keep keep the negativity out of our podcast. It's only our first episode, Zach. Uh, fair. 
I'm a very angry human being. Yeah, I blame Brandon. Asking Zach to keep negativity out of him is like asking for a water bottle not to have fucking water. Uh, there was another trailer, though, that I watched today that you watch? I was more enthusiastic about, and that's uh, The Dead Don't Die, Bill Murray. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I, I saw it. It was good. It was fun. It was written fun. and directed by Jim Jarmusch, who I did not see that coming. Um, what did he also do, Refresh My Memory? Uh, so, he was part of that independent film boom from, like, late 80s, early 90s. Mm. Um, let me bring up a few of his, uh, movies here. Um, like, he did Stranger Than Paradise, he did Down By Law, Coffee and Cigarettes, Mystery Train, um, Night on Earth, like, Dead Man with Johnny Depp is one of his. Mm. Broken Flowers with Bill Murray. Um, and like a couple years ago, he did, uh, what's it called? Patterson with Adam Driver. You know what? I, I never got a chance to see that. Never it really looks good. It was really good. It looks good. I mean, he, he's, the, he's a very... If you think the stereotypes of independent film, him. Fair enough. Uh, though he, his movies are actually good. I don't mean that to sound like an insult. I, I do really like Stranger Than Paradise and Bent Down by Law is really good and Mystery Train's easily my favorite of his. Um, but he's not the person you would expect to do a zombie comedy. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, I mean, it may be, it, it may be, you know, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, it seems funny. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a fun time. I think I, you know, I would definitely really. Enjoy and it. if there's anybody that makes movies that's gonna have a different take on zombies, or at least a unique take on zombies, it's gonna be him. Because God knows we've seen every fucking version of zombies that you could possibly see at this point. Yeah. The um, zombie fucking beavers. That's a good movie, actually. Okay then. They, all right, all right. Well, that, well, that, well I think that's going to be a, a good point to move on. The um, uh, so um, I know Zach's been interested to talk about his uh, his news. Um, obviously, uh, um, uh, you know we're you know you can obviously tell how nerdy this crowd is and how big of Star Wars fans we are. Because we need to stroke our nerd dick, apparently. Yeah. Well, you know it's important. You got to do that every once in a while. <laughs> so, um, so Zach, if you want to talk about uh, your news um, about uh, Mister Mister Mark Hamill, he's playing Chucky. Which it's is... the only reason to watch the movie. I don't know. That trailer looks pretty good. No, it didn't. I enjoy, I, I think it's it... Chucky. It's a fucking doll. The you know what. Hey, it, Look, that, that concept was, like, okay, one movie, two movies even, okay, that that's fine. But it's a doll! I'll never understand how that idea went as far as it did. You've obviously never, you know, spent the night in your sister's room with, like, 20 Mariette dolls looking at you. That shit's creepy, right? The, um, so, about Mark Hamill voicing the, you know, voicing Chucky and everything else, versus who the guy, original guy, um, uh, you know, who voiced it, a lot it, of people were pretty it, upset about that. I was gonna say, it's not a bit, well, he, uh, they're doing a, apparently there's a spinoff show happening that's actually yeah. in line with the, uh, the original story. I think so, I heard the original creator is gonna be a part of the show. Yeah. Because he did come out and say he does not support the film reboot. 
Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see those uh, those two worlds collide, but I have no idea where the hell that's going to go. But, I mean, if there was a person to voice Chucky, Mark Hamill's not a bad choice. No, he's, he's not. He's not a bad choice by any stretch of the means. I could see him doing the voice just fine. I, You know, it's... I, I don't know. I, I thought... Hmm. We got to keep Mark Hamill working. <laughs> yeah. The um, which I think is, is not a bad idea. Um, and I, you know what though? You told me about that though a couple months ago though about how the how they're fighting. The um, it was a whole like lawsuit that came out with the two with the original creator of Chucky and how he came out and said, um, you know, it said I don't want to do this film because it doesn't like the direction. I could have sworn you told me about this. I the, don't remember there being a lawsuit. The um, uh, or something some yeah, kind of fight. He, he did come out and say he does not support it. Okay. I thought there was more more to that whole situation. No. And I must have heard that in a... In the a, only major lawsuit I know that's going on right now is the Friday the 13th lawsuit, which, God damn it, settle that argument, please! The, uh, what, what is... By the way, what is that? Hey, no, hey, what, what is the lawsuit? The director and the writer of the original movie are fighting over who owns the rights to what in the series now. Um, as of right now, Victor Miller owns everything that pertains to the original movie, not necessarily Jason himself, the hockey mask killer... It, it's weird. It's I don't know all the nitty-gritty details of it. The only thing I do know is that we're all suffering because we can't get content. The game was fucked over. A movie was fucked over. A lot of things have been fucked over. And I'm not necessarily happy about that. The, I mean, that's you know, super important. Actually, you know, though, the, I think the, the, the most interesting story, though, that I heard was from you about The Walking Dead. Um, uh, didn't you pull, you pulled me aside and told me about that whole story about um, Frank Darabont? Yeah, about Frank Darabont and how the whole first season was was thrown thrown into chaos because of AMC and what was going second on. Season. With, second season, second yeah. season. To remember, refresh my memory of what um, happened with that. So, as I understand it, it's so obviously Frank Darabont ran the first season of Walking Dead. Um, Made a lot of money, very popular, you know. Um, heads into season two, and they throw like a. It was either a whole bunch of budget cuts and this mandate that the majority of the scenes have to take place inside, and basically they were taking his creative control away, resulting in him. I can't remember if he left or if he got fired. Mm. Um, but essentially. That left uh, them without a showrunner for a little bit, and then I believe it was Glenn Meserah came in and ran the show for the remainder of season two, um, and also did season three until I found a more permanent replacement for season four onward. Um, and I guess like a whole bunch of rewrites or footage got lost or destroyed or something. I don't know the exact situation but if you watch the season two premiere you'll see that there are two directors Mm -hmm. credited and that's because two episodes essentially got edited into one episode Hmm. um so i'm not sure what led to that but yeah there was a lot of chaos on set because you know frank darabont got fired the actor who played um Dale left the show because of it. That's why he got killed off a lot earlier in the show than he did in the comics. Mm. Um, and of course, because it's a zombie show, any actor can be written out at any time. Well, yeah, nobody had job security. Yeah, show. there is no job security there, so nobody knew what to do. If they, that would be nobody knew if they should be loyal to Frank or 
keep their mouths shut. God. Um, well, that's a fun situation to be in. The, yeah. It's so it's so funny. Like those... I haven't thought about that in a while because I, I just kind of stopped following Walking Dead uh, midway through season seven. I don't think you made it a lot it. farther than I did. <laughs> I think I stopped. Was, I don't think anybody's watching it anymore. No, I, I think I stopped like two episodes into season four. I don't know when did that like medical outbreak happen. Four. four, yeah, like two or three episodes into season four, me and Wes just kind of gave up on it. Just like, nah, this is boring. That's funny. Let's the, go watch something good. The um, you know, it's it's funny like how that's become a thing in the last like what five years about actors having no job security on television shows because like fuck it, we'll kill the whole cast. The um, we'll kill everybody. We don't care. Yeah. The um, uh, you know, that's it, that was a big thing with with obviously with Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, you know, the um, uh, the Wire. Uh, walk, you know, Walking Dead, uh, Sons of Anarchy was huge on that. Um, was anybody can die? Any, any anybody, any anybody, you know, we'll we'll kill everyone. I don't, yeah. we don't care. <laughs> the um, that's when you really know that the writers control television when they when they can fuck over anyone. Like you know, like oh, we don't like you anymore. We'll just we'll just kill you. That's the, the we'll just kill you in, the, in in there. We'll make it. We'll make it work. But the lead, I mean, like the, the lead can be like you know, like yeah, I don't like it anymore. The I, I actually that. <laughs> It reminded me. Of, did you guys ever watch the documentary on um, Star Trek: The Next Generation? No. Um, if you have a chance, it's a great documentary. It's all about the fucking fights and everything else. And he, uh, one of the directors from like the third season, uh, you know, he was one of the um, uh, the showrunners. He was nuts. He was a he was one of those guys that that wanted complete control of everything. And he got in a fight with Patrick Stewart um, over something and everything else. And some of the actors, and then also some of the other actors were having issues on set. They were complaining and everything else. And the guy said, fire him. Fire him all. I'll build the, the next season on the horrible death uh, and destruction of the Starship Enterprise. And then, and then I, and I will bring in a brand new crew to keep the show going. Like, this dude was actually going to do that. And I'm, and I'm like, that's insane. You just kill half your you know your entire cast and then just recast everyone halfway through the show because because I because I feel like it like I the level of power on on television that writers have and showrunners have is is tremendous. I don't know how long that show would have lasted if that would have happened, but it's it's still a really interesting story. It is an interesting what if scenario. Yeah, no shit. Probably wouldn't have lasted as long as it did. No, definitely not for eight seasons. No. The, um, uh, what was this after season one? No, it's like season four when oh, that okay. when that one hap- uh, happened. Never yeah, happened. no, definitely not. Maybe after season one, but no, no, not halfway through. No, no, when everybody started to fall in love with the characters, and yeah, it wasn't just the villain of the week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. You know, and they, and I think like season three was like Lucutus of Borg at that point. So like when Picard got turned, so that's when everybody started to care. So like you know, I don't I don't think you can recast that for that point. Like, we're emotionally attached. We're not starting with a new crew. You know, when we finish a series, then we'll go on to Voyager and Deep Space Nine, and then we'll then we'll control that. I love the looks you guys are giving me. Like, wow, this is a really nerdy conversation. This definitely took a, a turn into Star Trek territory. Hey, yeah. Indeed, it is. But we'll, we'll, we'll steer it for, for a horror podcast. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> you, you got to talk about Captain Picard and. Well, dude, if we're well, I mean the Borg, but you know, but moving on. Damn Trekkies. They, I. There's nothing wrong with being a Trekkie. Yes, there, there is. Being a Trekkie. And it's 2019. I can fucking like both. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. You know what? I'll tell you what. In the comment section, 
and everything else on these podcasts. Let's take a vote right now, if you guys are still listening. Is it okay to be both a fan of Star Wars and Star Trek at the same time? No, I'm talking about all the movies, especially I want to hear from like old fans of both uh, both the series. Can you be both? Leave a comment and say, hey, we got a Star Wars or Star Trek argument in our goddamn horror podcast. Yeah. How you doing, Brandon? <laughs> Brandon's having an aneurysm. I'm super. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> what did I sign up for? <laughs> the um, uh, Anyway, uh, so, hey, I know that we, we went over all the news. Brandon, any, any other news that you wanted to go over? Oh, well, we kind of did. Yeah. Um, um, obviously, you know, we have, obviously, Annabelle, a trailer draft. You were talking about us. We talked about uh, Mark Hamill vo- voicing uh, Chucky yeah. for about five seconds. Uh, what, what was your, you know, what was your take on that as well? I can see Mark Hamill doing Chucky. Uh, I mean, the footage of the trailer didn't really do anything for me, but I, I was never a Child's Play fan, really. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought the first movie was okay. The second one was all right. Third one, when he's at the military school, is actually my favorite, just for the ridiculousness factor alone. Um. Bride of Chucky was enjoyable. Seed of Chucky. How did we get here? Eh, Three shades of awful. It was kind of boring. Like I, I wouldn't call it awful, but there isn't really any reason to watch it. Though if you are, though it is an if, interesting time capsule of two thousand and five. Like I, I'm sure um, if you could get past the fact that it's a killer doll who you can probably easily just kick in the face and you know be done. Well, with obviously it. not Zach, because they made. Seven movies about it. <laughs> Just saying, you know, um, Jason, Freddy, Michael, Pinhead, those are understandable. A fucking doll? Okay. The uh, That's just... uh, Curse of Chucky was actually decent enough. That was the recent one, right? That was the second no. most recent one. Uh, the, the most recent cult. one was Cult of Chucky. And I was actually really surprised at how much I liked that one. Was I it... heard they did CGI Chucky, which kind of pissed me off. Yeah, does it look bad? Yeah, well, for straight to whatever replaces we'll, we'll the term straight to video these straight days. Straight to download. Straight to not theaters. Straight um, to DVD because Blu-ray was even too much for it. Uh, was that the one though that had had the person in the wheelchair? I don't remember. Multiple there, people in wheelchairs. There, I don't know. There, there was one. I mean, which actually, honestly, is a really good take and, and an argument to Zach's point about about you know the point of it being an adult when you're in a wheelchair at that point, you kind of fucked. Well, I guess if you're handicapped in some way, sure that makes sense. But I don't know. I've only I've only seen the first three. So, the um, I'm sure that was enough. The um, I mean, I I think a lot of that is based. The fear that's based on that is disbelief. Mm-hmm. The um, you know, the you know, the ability to to hide that that doll is actually alive and everything else, and have it sneak around and stealth with it. That's the only thing. You know, Zach, obviously you're a huge horror fan, so you'd be able to identify in a minute if that doll was alive and run the fuck around and everything else. But in the context of what he though. Uh, maybe. I, I almost want to find. I, I don't know. I, I almost wish there was a living doll I could find. Look, if you want to bring a creepy fucking doll into this house that's alive, so we can just play fight with it, sure. I don't care. Do it. Let's see how long the two of us last. Yeah, I get it. I get it. The um, just know you live here too. I know. Okay. As long as we have that established. But yeah, and back to our original point, the Mark Hamill is Chucky. I see it. Yeah. Um, it's not, it, again, it's, a, it's probably one of the best choices other than the original voice actor. Yeah. 
And I mean, if there is a reason to watch the original seven movies, it is Brad Dourif as the yeah. voice of Chucky. Like, um, if, if anything else, he did a great job playing that character. Yeah, like and it, that's, and he he's the reason why I wanted to call any of them awful. Um, like they, it, they're a, they're very average at worst. Like th- this is my entire take on Chucky. They're not they're not terrible movies or bad. They're just it, for me, it's just like it's a doll. You just can't. You have a hard time getting past the concept. Yeah, that, that's really my biggest pet peeve with it. Other than that, like I could see why people are fans of them, but for me, it's just like it's a doll. The, you know what though? That's that's how I. It, it, so the, the, those are one of those like coin toss things and everything else. It's like that in paranormal activity. You're either gonna roll with it or you're or not. you don't. Yes. Like there, there, there's no you know either you roll with with the evil doll or you roll with the video camera and the ghosts in the house or you don't. There's no. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that and everything else. The um, you know, there, I think there's there's more layers to especially somebody like Freddie or you know even Michael Myers, you know even Jason. You know, there's more you know possibilities of of you know uh, there's more you know room to believe you know in that versus a 50-50 split. So you know, so yeah, but no, I you know, and I actually think obviously I love Mark Hamill. Um, uh, he, you know, has provided a lot of voices to a lot of characters oh, yeah. that we've all loved it, you know, especially of course the Joker. Um, uh, you're also talking to, you know, fans of the animated series and also uh, me being, I'm a huge fan of the video games, the, um, uh, and he's done an excellent job there. So like Zach said, it's, it's not only is it a really solid choice, it's probably the most obvious choice. You know, you have a, you know, a level of celebrity and Mark Hamill's kind of had two lives in his career, he's he's had this whole other world in voiceovers, but he's also had, of course, Luke Skywalker and, and you know, other things on that side of the coin as well. So, been successful on the on the big screen and also in voiceover. Um, so, anything that kept them alive <laughs> during those years when Star Wars, you know, was doing their own thing with the prequels. Um, but that's another discussion for another day. Um, but yeah, no, Mark Hamill's the obvious choice. I think it'll be really enjoyable. Um, and then obviously the producers of it. Doing it, um, I think it'll be a pretty, uh, pretty good film for the most part. Yeah. Again, I thought it was going to be a terrible movie. I, I'm like, you can't touch the original, and lo and behold, that was probably my favorite horror movie since Freddy vs. Jason. And they did it without Tim Curry. Look at that. Yeah. The, uh, we uh, we uh, we didn't know if it was possible, but it was. The um, uh, you know, unbeknownst to especially my girlfriend, who's the biggest Tim Curry fan ever. Well, to, to be fair, outside of Tim Curry. The original it really wasn't that good. That's not. No. The um, we just love Tim Curry. The um, uh, you know, and what he does. The new one was the better movie, but Tim Curry's the better Pennywise. That's fair. Fair enough. Yeah. That's I won't argue with that. That's actually what I say about about Batman. I think uh, Christian Bale's a better Bruce Wayne, and I think uh, Kev, um, uh, Michael Keaton's a better Bat- Batman. Fair. Yeah. So you know, you could have that have that split. The, um, I also love that meme too. You know, you can tell a lot about a man by the Tim Curry movie that he, uh, that he, that he loves. <laughs> Mine's definitely Clue, and him being the voice of Kilocon from uh, from uh, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Mine are Rocky Horror Picture Show and Home Alone Two. <laughs> <laughs> with it and clue those are definitely my top two for him 
I love you so much more now, Brendan. Like, <laughs> I really do. I don't know. I, I think Home Alone 2 is the one where, like, hmm, okay. I would pay so much money to see those characters flip movies. <laughs> I'd pay so much money to see that. The, um, uh, the, um, and I love, I love all the people and everything else. They're like, the, you know, all the regular people are like, what's superhuman samurai cyber squad? <laughs> It's a really nerdy, nerdy show that was on on Saturday morning um, uh, back in the day. It was in the same vein as Power Rangers and um, Big Bad Beetleborgs and all that stuff. And it also had one of the uh, one of the Lawrence brothers in it, the uh, which was interesting, but uh, but a fun but a fun show nonetheless, and a really awesome opening theme song. But anyway, moving on. Enough about Tim Curry. Fun. We cannot Shut stop talking like horror it. in this podcast. Well, we've, we've got that, dude. I'm sorry. You talk about Tim Curry, you're going to talk about a lot of movies. It's just, you know, but you will come back to horror. So He's been popping up a lot recently. I don't know. His name, uh, it's just been popping up. I don't know. It's weird. I think I think he's a, I think he's always constantly there on, yeah. on Facebook in some form or the other. Yeah. The other, you know, the discussion of Tim Curry is always going to be going on. It's just, you know... Part of the part of the lexicon. Oh yeah. The uh, oh Tim Curry. Oh Tim Curry. Um. The um. So hey. So what I was gonna do too is I was thinking a lot about um uh, the uh, the question of the podcast um a the um and then we'll and and then we'll talk a little bit more about living nightmares as yeah. well. And uh, of course, I have a comic book I want to talk about briefly. As nice, well. nice. So um, uh, this is probably gonna take the longest. So I wanted to get this out of the way. Uh, but the um, you know what the question I got for both of you and I'll answer mine last and everything else is what's one movie or a few movies that influenced your love of, of horror movies what's the movie the first movie that you saw that you went I, I like I like these type of movies I want to know more about these type of movies I want to know more about this genre Nightmare on Elm Street 3 why um, I'm just gonna, you know, I that's probably it. my earliest horror movie memory. Um, like I, I know that when I was a little kid, like kindergarten, first grade, maybe even a little before that, like I just have memories of us in the basement and him showing me the VHSs of Alien, Aliens, Predator, the first two Terminators. Um, of course, Alien is the most horror one out of that batch um but it's like okay this is just something cool he's showing me um but Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is my first vivid horror movie memory and I remember that it was um I was probably in second grade I think probably um and he was babysitting me while my parents were out and we had one of our cousins over and I think I had a friend over too um but they were just flipping through channels and Nightmare on Elm Street 3 was just starting so they just left Nightmare on Elm Street 3 for us and I just remember like the Snake Freddy I thought that was really cool and of course uh the veins getting ripped out of the guy's arms and Freddy using him as a puppet. That was really cool. And that was probably, like, I just remember that being my first memory of, oh, you can do really cool stuff with movies. 
Texas. Mm. Um, I just always had an interest in how that was pulled off. Um, and around the same time, too, was when Scream came out, I believe. And uh, I remember my brother getting that one on pay-per-view. Uh, <laughs> That's showing my age. Um, you might want to cover that up, buddy. I think that's. I think your age is showing there. <laughs> and uh, oh, dude, my head, my dad had a had a black box. The um, uh, the, yeah. which is you can get the pay per view for free and everything else. The um, uh, I will, you know, um, uh, which you know, the statute of limitations have run out on anybody charging me anything for that. But uh, that, cause that was over. But it also years. wasn't you that was doing it. So. Well, I mean, no, I can neither confirm nor deny that I was a part of it in, in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> The um, but go on, go on. Um, but yeah, I just remember Nightmare on Elm Street three being one of the first movies, but definitely the first horror movie where I realized, oh, this is special effects. This is really cool. I want to know how they did that. And Scream is my first memory of actually being scared by a movie, and that was actually uh, when the girl got crushed by the garage door opening. And of course, later as an adult, I found out. Oh, that's complete BS. That can't. No, that would never happen. It, it, it's um, a long but you know, when you're when you're like five or six years old, yeah, you bought that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, those are just my first two vivid horror movie memories. Um, it's a lot more accurate and scary movie. Yeah, <laughs> and she goes to that whole thing falls down. My brother showed me that one too. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, Never Street Three. That one definitely got my uh, interest in makeup, special effects, and something that I haven't really talked about between the three of us was actually originally I originally wanted to get into makeup effects when I was going through middle oh, school okay. and early high school. Um, before I decided I wanted to get into writing and directing, and of course now through the course of life, I'm a director of photography. Uh, who saw that one coming? Sure, the uh, sure. <laughs> so, anything else, man? Anything else? Uh, to no, and... not Elm Street three. Scream. Those are my probably the two earliest influences on horror for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Zach Miss. All right. Well, this is kind of a tough one to answer because I didn't have a normal childhood like most people. Most people grow up, you know, watching Disney movies, all that little kitty cartoon bullshit. No, I didn't. My mom immediately jumped me into Freddy, Jason, just all the classic slashes of the 80s. And then between her and my grandfather, you know, I, I had both the slasher movies and the action movies. So Arnold, fucking awesome. Stallone, Van Damme, like I, I grew up on action movies and horror movies. Uh, the Probably the one that had the biggest impact, me, impact on me early on was Jaws. Because one thing my mother completely establishes is that it's all bullshit. None of this is real. You never have to worry about it. And I believed her. I'm like, okay, I went into this knowing, oh, this is cool. This is awesome. But she never showed me Jaws for some reason, and I never understood why. It took her a little while. <laughs> and then one day she finally shows it to me, and she's like, the reason why I never showed you this one is because this one's actually real. I'm like, what? It's like I didn't know really what sharks were at the time, and that kind of just bloomed into a whole fascination about sharks and stuff. And Jaws is... My all-time favorite movie. I fucking love that movie to death, and I also love sharks. But, you know, yeah. I mean, it's pretty simple. I've just always been into horror. Gore. Gore, specifically. I love gore. Blood, guts, gore. 
<laughs> yeah, no, Zach's a big fan. Um, uh, the um, I got a funny story too about Jaws. That I'll tell both of you, and I'll tell about podcasts yeah. and everything else. I'm a I'm a very simple person, so. The um, but what what it was just because it was real. Um, is it's it, 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 something that could actually happen. You okay. know, sharks were a real thing. You know, D- Freddy the Dream Killer, not real. Jason, an undead brawlic badass. Pinhead, a sadomasochistic demon from a fucking cube. And that... Michael kind of, but, you know, it's it's just normal life shit, but whatever. The chances of that are slim to none. But, you know, I loved going to the beach. My dad still yeah. won't go in the water because of Jaws. My grandmother didn't shower for a month after. <laughs> but no. Um, I mean, she had, she had to have her dad stand, stand, you know, stand in there and everything else because she was too afraid to go fucking shower yeah. after Psycho. Yeah, but that movie just bloomed into an entire fascination about sharks. I've been studying sharks my entire life. Shark Week used to be one of my favorite times of the year. And it led up to the point where I even got to swim in open water with Blues and Makos last year. Only no Makos showed up and three baby Blues showed up for like five seconds and swam away with the bait, the little pricks. Sooner or later I'll swim in open water with a great white. I'm really looking forward to that trip. The, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break my, my rule here a little bit and everything else. And actually, my earliest memory of, of that world and everything else uh, influencing me was um, uh, was actually it's two things and everything else. Uh, it was uh, Goosebumps and uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark were my first experiences with that, um, with that type of feeling of being scared and everything else and that type of feeling of, of, of uncertainty um, which was really really cool um, I look back obviously now and and uh, you know and by the way big shout outs to uh, you know to Big Brandon we're going to be doing a separate podcast for Goosebumps episodes we're going to be uh, going ahead and doing them um, we might I don't know, we haven't decided yet where we're going to post those but we'll definitely send links to let you know where we're going to go ahead and do those um, and Zachamus will join us um, as well uh, it'll be a fun, uh, fun thing that we'll do. A lot of ni- '90s nostalgia, a lot of '90s partying uh, <laughs> in television. We've already had a good time rewatching oh, some of the episodes. Man, did, did, it, it is all '90s all the time, bro. The um, but um, those are my two biggest influences um, in that way. But um, I do have a very distinct memory of of um, when I was younger. The uh, my. Mom and my stepdad were actually watching the remake for House on Haunted Hill, and um, which is which is kind of an eh movie. Like you know, when we watch back out of it, um, obviously it's gained a bit of a cult following. It, it is, and I enjoy James Woods' performance in it. But the funny thing is, um, I only saw one scene from it, and it was the first time I ever saw like real horror effects. Was when James Woods goes to see the uh, the guy who's operating all the video, um, the video operators. And he turns the ch- the swivel chair around, and this dude's literally missing his entire face and his brain from in his skull from the inside. And it's just an open cavity, and I, and it, it creeped me the fuck out. I still had memories and you know and things about it, and and it still hits me today. But it's it's still pretty cool though. Like now that I think about it, now that I'm involved in acting and film and everything else, and like I, it's really cool that that had an impact on me and everything else that, that film is that powerful and I can remember that shit and still be horrified by it you know all these years later and it's pretty cool and then obviously you guys have heard me talk to death about Scream Scream is one of my favorite horror movies of all time he loves it way too much shut up the uh, <laughs> but the uh, but actually after meeting um, you know a couple friends and acting in horror movies 
you know, a re-engaged, um, an older feeling that I had early on with those, you know, with Goosebumps and with, um, obviously with Are You Afraid of the Dark? And, uh, you know, made an appreciation for horror movies. And then obviously, you know, I, I watched Scream uh, and loved it. Absolutely loved it. I think it's one of the best written horror movies ever. Um, right next to Cabin in the Woods, um, which I also love. The um, If you have not seen either one of those, I highly recommend. Um, I think at some point we're going to do like a spoiler um, uh, um, deep dive on Cabin in the Woods. And I mean, a lot it, of shit it's, there. it's been at it least seven or eight years since the movie came out. Um, if they haven't seen it, that's their damn fault. And if you're looking at more podcasts and you're listening to us, chances are you've seen the movie. Uh, I'd say the statute of limitations is past. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I, you know, I don't even need to go into spoiler details on it. It's just all overall a great movie. And it was the first time that I held horror movies to a standard. The um, uh, I actually said no. You can have quality filmmaking and you have quality um, acting because I've I obviously before then I had saw a few like you know B horror movies and horror movies that had horrible acting and horrible a lot of things and everything else and that was the first time that I said no this is a quality movie and horror movies can be something more than just a killer running around with you know with a knife and killing a bunch of stupid teenagers. And you love to watch these teenagers die because they're so fucking stupid. I just find it interesting that you came to that conclusion a lot later in life than I did. The uh, um, which, I, I've always thought horror could be high quality. You uh, know what though? It, it's you know I was that was always my for the longest time and everything else. It was my least favorite genre. It's not that I didn't dislike it and everything else. I just didn't you know I I was way more of an action movie fan. You know I mean I saw Die Hard when I was uh, eight. The, um, I mean, you know, and I saw plenty of fucking violence with that movie. The, um, uh, you know, all the 80s squibs that you can, you can, you know, digest. And I also watch it every Christmas, um, while I'm wrapping my Christmas presents because it is the best Christmas movie ever. No, that is not true. The, uh, what is the best Christmas movie ever? Jaws the Revenge is the best Christmas movie. Don't deny it. You fucking love it. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not (laughs) doing this. I, I have this argument every December. I'm not having it on this fucking. So, okay, since you already had your Star Trek The Next Generation tangent, should we have our Christmas tangent now? It's um, <laughs> still the fucking holidays! Well, 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 fuck it, we might as well. Uh, since April 1st, April Fool's, uh, this isn't a horror podcast, it's actually the uh, Christmas podcast. <laughs> Even though this is gonna go up... Not who tonight, know, that's who for damn sure. <laughs> Further after April first, the, um, uh, yeah, we're 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 doing this April first. But you know what though? And by the way, Gremlins is way better of a Christmas movie than fucking Jaws: The Revenge. No, it's not. Jaws: Revenge is the best Christmas movie on earth. Don't deny it. You all love it. If you haven't seen it, go watch it on Christmas because it's amazing. God, he sounds like that like that one fucking nerd like forever ago that's, that tried to convince everybody that Phantom Men- Menace was a good movie. The Phantom Menace was a good movie. Damn it! The Phantom Menace is not a good. movie. It is a good movie. You just don't know good movies. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, you, you sound like the Alex Jones of Star Wars. <laughs> it's just, it's, he's wearing a tinfoil hat, everybody. <laughs> They're trying to turn the freaking frogs gay, man. I'm telling you. The um, uh... <laughs> it's called Jar Jar. The, um... 
Okay. No, 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 we're we're going to make them uh, slightly racist uh, characters. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Leave Jar Jar alone, all right? All right. We're going to get the kid from uh, Jingle All the Way to uh, to be the young Anakin Skywalker. It's going to be great. I don't know. How'd you know that was my favorite Christmas movie? <laughs> oh my! You know what? I love that movie so bad. It's good, and I love it. I love that movie so much. You're, you're my number one customer. You know, it's put the been, cookie down. That's my cookie. It's always been a dream of me to remake Jingle All the Way, but with the body count of Total Recall. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So that's your dream. My dream is to have is to have Tim Curry's character from Rocky Horror Picture Show be in Home Alone too. So we all have dreams. The um. So this this is great. This is a, this is a great thing. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. <laughs> God. That, oh my God. And, and you know what? Though, hold on. Hands down, best part of that movie though is um is what's his face um from SNL, um the guy who plays the neighbor. Phil uh, Hartman. Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman's the best. He's trying to fuck his wife the whole movie. <laughs> Nancy made cookies and they're great. I can't wait to put the frosting on it. He's son of a bitch. <laughs> trying to fuck his wife the whole movie. And then Arnold goes next door to steal Christmas presents from his house. <laughs> the movie is fucking Like the writer forgot he had a deadline. The um, you know, oh my god, the oh, oh, that's that's too great. And then Sinbad shows up, and that's <laughs> Sinbad's the mark of quality. <laughs> wow, the uh, I just oh, want to do an Arnold binge now. Damn the, it! Oh my god. So yeah, talk about movies that influence the. Or movies that we thought were good, but you know, the later on turned, you know, were really bad, like Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin was a great movie, Mark. What are you talking about? Uh, and what universe is that correct? I actually think Batman Forever is worse. I, well, yeah, because your theory is that at least you can follow the plot with Batman and Robin. Yeah. The um, uh, I couldn't. I, well, the last time I saw it, I couldn't because I was drunk. Because it is the best drinking movie game ever. <laughs> The um, uh, great drinking movie. Uh, great drinking movie. Yeah, drinking. Well, yeah. That's well, true. you you can see he already started. The, the only <laughs> the uh, but yeah, the only way to get through that movie. Anyway, um, no, uh, no, you'll die. Yes, <laughs> no, no. Brendan's one. You'll die. Yeah, like literally. Yeah. The um, no, no, just literally, not like literally. Wait, what? Literally. Which one was that for? The with nail and I drinking game. It's literally a movie about an alcoholic. Yeah, and the game is that every drink he takes, you match his drink. Okay. You, you'll be dead thirty minutes in. Yeah. And the you really not nah, don't do it seriously don't do it it's bad. You know someone's gonna sue us for this because they're actually going to attempt it. No, we we you know what hold on we don't endorse this. We don't endorse this whatsoever. We literally started it by saying you don't will die do- if you do it. So don't do it. <laughs> don't do it at all. It's bad. Yeah. The, um, we are not involved with your dumb decisions. No, fair enough. So, um, so anyway, mo- moving on because we got way up on a tangent from Jingle all the way and God knows what. The um, so uh, you know that was a question of the day, um, or a question of the podcast, which is always good. The um, I definitely want to talk about our production. Um, obviously with Living Nightmares. Um, you know, we have a huge episode, um, coming up, um, but I definitely want to talk about some of, you know, logistics 
not as some of the you know the things that we work on. I mean, you know, there's a lot more involved. Um, I'm glad you guys uh, loved the the first episode for Snapchat Nightmare. Thank you so much for watching it and for watching this. We really appreciate you all. Um, uh, but you know, um, obviously that was a lot of work. We shot that on December first, and you know, just so first and second, first and second. <laughs> so is that you know, if anybody gets an idea, if anyone wants to do any math, we were and we released it on March seventh. So, I mean, we were in, you know, post-production for... And we fit. came up with the idea to do it literally Halloween night. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, yep, that happened. Yes. Wow, that really was Halloween night. Yeah, it was yep. Halloween night. Wow. The, um, uh, yeah, that was, that was, that's, that's funny. Now we, you know, now we get to, now we have an anniversary, um, which is cool. Yeah. We, it, wow, we really planned that, didn't we? The, um, what, <laughs> no, we didn't. Yeah, I know. The, uh, I want to say we did just because it sounds good. But it looks it sounds smart. nice, but c- come on, let, let's be honest. No, here. no, yeah, no. I was, I was three drinks in, you know, like, this would be a good idea. <laughs> the, um, uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot that goes into, um, uh, you know, into filmmaking and into the logistics of filmmaking. You know, it's, it, it's an interesting perspective for me. Um, and I've been telling a lot of people this. Um, I was at a, a housewarming party and I was talking to my family, who's been incredibly supportive about sharing the video, watching the video, um, which I really appreciate. And by the way, big shout out to my dad and um, uh, Mark Conway Sr., Papa Conway, and also um, his girlfriend Sarah Boomer um, for inviting us into their, you know, into my old house out in Algonquin so we can actually film Snapchat, which was a huge help. We had a lot of. Um, and it's the second time my father's saved our ass, um, uh, Zach and mine, um, uh, our ass, yep. with, with filming locations, um, uh, you know, on the second time. So we really appreciate all the, you know, the hard work. And obviously Sarah was really awesome, the um, uh, really, really awesome with helping out with Crafty, uh, which is tremendously helpful. And also big shout out to my sister um, who ran makeup and wardrobe for us. Um, uh, you know, it was a big, uh, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Conway and uh, you know Boomer help on the Conway side, so it really was appreciated. But there's a lot that goes into the logistics of it, and that's what I was talking about with half my family. I spent a lot of my life acting, and who knew that you know there's a lot of shit with being an executive producer. Oh, um, yeah. uh, you know we are involved from you know the three of us are involved in every decision from start of script all the way till it actually gets released on on YouTube. Uh, for y'all to see, and we don't always agree. <laughs> no, we don't. Um, uh, this no, is didn't. literally the one job I did not want going into the film industry, and yet I still somehow get sucked into it. It's um, called a cruel irony, Zach. And it like really my is. dependence on you. And also, too, I'm going to stab you at some point tonight. Just, just so everybody uh, knows, that, this that this, this happens all the time. Don't worry, it's normal. He likes it. The uh, <laughs> never mind. Shout out to whoever uh, pinpoints what movie I referenced with that. Um, Leave it in the comments below. The um, uh, but nonetheless, um, uh, you know, it's it's definitely been a, a humbling experience to, to be an executive producer. Um, I I almost I almost uh, uh fawn for the days when I just acted, um, oh, yeah. and I didn't have to worry about shit <laughs> like this. But you know though, but we all did it though because we love this genre. We love yep. doing what we're doing, and also too, we want to be able to be the masters of our own destiny. We don't want to wait on anybody else. We want to, you know, we want to, you know, make something that, that we have full control over. But I'll definitely toss it over to uh, to my other guys as well to talk about 
some of the hardships and some of the things that we have to deal with on a regular basis. I think it's just amazing just how much that this, the Snapchat episode specifically has changed from initial concept to final product because like this is before it was even going to be the first part of the series. Yeah. And it was just going to be its own thing. True. Remember, remember how he was riding a bike? Yeah. It was supposed <laughs> to start with him riding a bike. Oh, a bike. Yeah. We, we actually took a look at some of our original production notes and, you know, it's like, make, Mark, make sure you have a bike available on this day. <laughs> like, oh, remember that? That was fun. And then we forgot course, to include a weather machine as well. Then, of course, it started raining, which <clears throat> completely changed our plans for the opening scene. The opening scene oh, is completely different from what T- we wrote. Tell everybody what you actually had planned before. Um, so, before we got the freaking gloomiest day in the world, um... Our initial plan was for the short to start off as like uh, kind of like a romantic short between these two teenagers that are Snapchatting each other just to lure the audience into a false sense of security. And then, of course, when he sees the intruder behind her in the window, that snaps it from romance to horror. So we have a bit of a contrast between the beginning and the end. And of course, when you have such a gloomy day, you can't really establish that. And the pacing that just worked in the edit just went against that. And so, yeah, we planned for the first half to be a teenage romance. But obviously that did not come to uh, fruition. And I think for the better, I mean, especially since it's now the first episode in a series. Um, the, um, uh, you know... They, a lot of people say this all the time, but I never realized how true it actually was. You really do make a, a, a film three times. You you make it in uh, writing it, you make it in the filming, and you make it in the post. Yeah, like you pre-production, re- post-production, and uh, and production. And production. I missed the middle one. You you really do make <clears throat> uh, make uh, three different versions of this film, and it changed many times over. And actually, you know what? The the real thing I want to talk about too, because I think this is. You know, super important that that people understand and everything else, especially from the post production side. Zach, explain a little bit about you know what went into you know the work that you had to put in. Because by the way, it's all Zach. The um, it is it's all Zach when it comes to anything post production. As everything affects that's obviously Zach's background, and I'll let him get into more into detail about that. But you know, it there's a huge part, especially of this last episode. That is, you know, um, post effects and everything else. There's a lot that goes into that. The split screen. Split screen. Yeah. I mean, Zach, you know, really took Which, charge. When I came up with that idea, I knew it was going to take a little while to make it <laughs> post production. I just didn't think it was going to take that long. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah, Zach was learning all kinds of new new things uh, within that process. Zach, talk about that process and, you know, and what was going on. <clears throat> yeah, so animating a whole phone screen from start to finish wasn't something. Uh, I thought it was going to be as annoying and tedious as it was, but uh, at the end of the day, it really was. You know, going in there, studying the animations of a Samsung screen, just nailing down what I need to, and even with Snapchat. Because here's the thing, I, I'm not a big social media guy. I've never used Snapchat in my life, Instagram, any of those things. So I had to go in there, create multiple Snapchat accounts simply because I would delete it immediately after and they'd be like, 
fuck, I need to see what the hell this is. Didn't your family add you within like seven seconds of you creating your Snapchat? Them and a bunch of other people are like, what the hell is he doing on Snapchat? I'm like, it's for a film. Oh, okay, that makes sense. It's like, just, this is why I don't do this shit. The, um... And that, so on top of that split screen, phone screen, there was a bunch of other little things that uh, popped up. So there was a scene where a phone was lying on the table, but it didn't light up. So I had to go there and light up the actual phone itself. Uh, my favorite one is literally the night before release. Uh, we noticed a boom. We mic. didn't notice we a don't good know. buddy who nitpicks everything. God bless his soul for that. We don't know how we missed that in the hundreds of times we watched the cuts. And of course, you're watching the footage a lot more than we do. Uh, and by the way, when he says hundreds of times, he's not being overdramatic. No, we watched it at least a hundred times, at least. On so many different screens, on so many different speaker setups. Especially the last couple of days. So anyways, yeah. what, what happened was, and if you didn't notice it, then that means I did my damn job well. There was actually a couple things. One, the window that um, our, what are we going to call him? I, I forgot what we were calling Our, uh, our, our, our intruder. intruder. Yeah, let's, yeah I intruder. Think, I think it's credited as intruder. Yeah, originally I was calling him serial killer, but yeah, intruder. Intruder, let's go with intruder. He's coming in, but there's a screen there because we couldn't remove the damn thing, so... You could kind of notice it due to the lighting, so I had to go in there and mask that thing out, which if anybody knows what masking is, it's a painful freaking experience that takes forever. So Tell us what masking is. Okay, so we all know, if you don't know how film works, you know, it's a bunch of pictures put side by side by side together, uh, 24 frames per second. That's 24 pictures in one second of film. Now imagine going and drawing an outline and taking something out for every single one of those frames. That's pretty much what masking is. So a three-second shot can take anywhere up to, depending on how detailed it is and what you're masking, anywhere from three minutes to three hours. So it varies depending on what you're doing and how complex it is. This, because I've been doing it for years, I've learned some techniques to kind of expedite the process, but it's still a tedious process. So that took me about an hour and a half to two hours just to get done. And then later on after reviewing again, this was the night before we're supposed to upload it. I sent it to my buddy, uh, Wes, because, you know, he if anybody's going to notice this stuff, it's him. And he points out all these different things, including a boom mic in a shot where our lead character is running down the hallway. So it's not like the camera's steady during the shot. Yeah, so it's it's like, holy shit, caught it out of the corner of his eye, and I see it, and I'm like, god damn it! So that took another four hours just to mask out. It's... Yeah. They, I was running sound that, that day, so that was my fault. My bad. <laughs> the, um, uh, it definitely, and actually, my favorite story of watching it a hundred times is, is the, it's the, the remote story. <laughs> oh, so, so if you, it, it, and I'll tell you the exact scene, so if you want to go back and watch it and everything else. It was the kitchen scene. It's, it's, I, I, I'm, it, it was in the kitchen scene. Uh, there's actually, if you, if you watch, there is a remote that's sitting on the, the countertop <laughs> on the other end. Um, Brandon and I watched that scene. And, and this was the first time we were watching an edit. Because we, yeah. we left Zach alone to edit the first cut. Um, so this is the first actual put together. It was the first yeah. rough cut. It was, yeah, a, it was the first a, rough yeah. cut. Actually, it more like, actually, no, at this point it was more of an assembly cut than, than it was anything. So, Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So, so the thing you need to understand about, about film is that there's uh, multiple takes being done in the same location. There's probably about five different takes that are being done. 
and obviously everything needs to be in the same place. Otherwise, you'll you see lose continuity. You lose continuity. Basically, you'll see objects appear, disappear, move, and everything else. It'll it'll be ridiculous. It'll be you know a very poorly done film. And Brandon and I, and neither Zach, remember that remote ever being there. We don't remember ever putting it there. We don't remember anything about the remote. So Brandon and I stood in a panic for about 30 seconds. Mm, tell the full story, Mark. <laughs> so how I remember it is, I was just watching it. and then, Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I mentioned it to you. And then you just said, I hope that remote in the background doesn't move. What? <laughs> <laughs> So I, I so then I rewound. I added the, the, I added the terror to, to Brandon. There. I rewound the video and then we watched the scene straight through. And I don't even think we were paying attention to what was going we on. We were watching the we remote. We were just fixated on the remote. Please don't and move. Please don't move. Neither of us were breathing. No, not and at all. And then as soon as it cut to the basement, we just what? had a singular <sighs> sigh of relief. Mind you, I just poked my head in and I go, "What the." fuck is going on with these two? And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm pretty sure he said something. I'm like, eh! <laughs> the, uh, and we watched this remote for 30 seconds and praying and hoping it didn't move or disappear or do anything because I don't remember anything about this. And, you know, and, and this, this, and I'm going to let Zach uh, go into this, but this is like, in the, in the film industry, there are people that are hired to do that. To, to make sure... Production designer. Production designer. If I remember correctly. To make no, sure set designer. Set designer. One of the two. Is to make sure that continuity is done in those situations. Unfortunately, we... We, we can't afford that. We can't either. afford that right now. We, we have, we're on a volunteer basis right now for everybody. Nobody's getting paid. You know, in fact, we're paying into this. So, you know, it, it, right now we're at that point and everything else. I mean, we'll get to that, you know, hopefully we'll get to a point where we can pay people. But right now, it's just We us. will. It's just going to take time. Well, it's not a if, it's a when. It's always a when conversation. But say what you're going to say, Zach. Yeah, so that scene was actually pretty easy to edit. I made damn sure that I used the same take just because I knew that there was... Because there's a burger in there. There's different placements of the cup, the play. I'm like, nope. I, I looked over every take and I'm like, okay, the first one was actually really good. And we can easily use it. There's I have no problems with it. So I'm just like, okay, I'm going to use this so we don't have to worry about any continuity errors. And yeah. The, uh, there weren't. And it, uh, by the way, uh, uh, Brandon was talking a little bit about uh, the weather and and other you know if, if situations we had to deal with that as well. Um, uh, the uh, Brandon, if you wanted to get into that. Um, by the way, um, if you are if you are interested filmmakers and you do want to you know get into this crazy world that that we're all in, and obviously you know we encourage you very very much, and you know do it. Um, uh, you know we're always supporters of people. Um, highly recommend. Um, it, it seems like a, a you know a, a ridiculous expense. Walkie talkies come in handy, don't they, Zach? Oh yeah. When they and work. When they work, they come in handy. Um, uh, the um, <laughs> or especially when your sister um, talks in the middle of the take. <laughs> the old um, because uh, she doesn't know walkie etiquette yet. But it's like, um, oh, she well. learned. She learned. But uh, nonetheless, Brandon, um, talk about the weather for a second. Yeah. So. As it is in the finished short, it's a shot where we're following him on the side. He's walking on the sidewalk. Yeah. Originally, it was going to be um, we were going to get a shot of the horizon and the street, and he was going to you know ride towards the camera. But then it's raining, and it just looks like why would anybody be riding a bike here? And of course, we had. Um, Concerns with the camera. I didn't want the camera to get wet. 
Uh, so we just spent probably the first hour and a half of day two just completely reconstructing the first scene. And it just came down to we put the camera in the car. We had Wes holding the camera. And we just followed him for a few takes until we got one well, that was steady enough. Um, yeah, I mean, we didn't even write it. We just came up with it and shot it. It's like either we, it's like we knew at the end of the day we were going to need that scene. It, it just was like, all right, how the hell are we going to get it? And thankfully, we came up with we came up with a solution, and it was a pretty good one, if I do say so myself. Yeah. You know, it's um, a quick it's a quick convo between the first AD um, and the executive producer swap. Yeah. Also, and we had thought of other things too. Like there was a portion of the day where the rain started to die down, and during that time, we thought, okay, put the camera on a shoulder rig, and we'll follow him. Like, we'll be tracking backwards while he walks towards the camera to the front door. But we just kind of, it just didn't look good at all. It looked very wonky and out of style with the rest of the piece. Um, yeah, the weather was not our friend that day. No. No, it wasn't. Days, actually. And, um, uh, you know, and the uh, and it really was, and especially the last day and the last take and everything else, it was a mad dash to get that done. Oh we did get done an hour early though the last day you know we actually to be fair we actually finished everything on time within you know within the parameters of, of where we needed to be but it was a mad dash to get everything you know wrapped up yeah yeah the um uh, you know and all oh, piece of advice to guess have a great crafty crafty is all the food that you provide for your your cast and your crew um uh, I do I do say so myself we high energy fruit plate and five hour energies are definitely two recommended those you don't think fruit does a lot, but it really does. It really and then does. The five hour energy just gets you going. Just if you need that extra kick, mango specifically. Mangoes are great. You know, just think, just saying. I think I'm gonna go with it. Just a fruit tray this this time around. Isn't nobody, that what we did the last time? The, it, no, we had the veggie tray too, but nobody. Really oh yeah, no, no, just screw the veggie tray. The, nobody really went for it. Everything else, I think I was the one who actually. Uh, I had a few pieces of celery, but that was about it. I had a few a piece of broccoli, but that you know that was about it for me as well. So you gotta cook veggies with stuff you can't yeah. just eat it raw and funny enough you know the um when we were doing the test footage um uh, uh i was the one who pushed for that the hallway shot the uh, original that wasn't yeah. that wasn't supposed to be uh, uh was supposed to be done but i i really thought it would be effective i'm glad you did the um and actually but brandon's suggestion though about cutting it where, where we needed to cut it was way better um, uh, because it would have looked ridiculous had we followed her all the way to the yeah. end of the bedroom. It would like all you're missing used, was the plot fill. We <laughs> used maybe a third of the actual hallway. Yeah, yeah. But it, but I mean how it was run and how it and how it worked out and everything else was really effective. And that was the most frustrating shot. I don't yeah. think so. You think so? There was a it was there was a lot that went into it. I remember a lot of discussion. That, that that went into it, you know. There was a lot of issues. The um, getting the sound in there, yeah, sound, really yeah. I, to be fair, because realistically, we didn't have too many problems with getting shots that day, or just in general, at least that I remember. So yeah, yeah. I guess if you really want to be technical, that was the most difficult. But I, I'm glad we did it because it turned out really well, and I love that shot. Like it really just helps bring everything together. Yeah, it really does. And uh, and then obviously all the you know the post effect sounds and everything else. Big shout out to our uh, all of our actors and all of our talent. Um, uh, thank you so much for 
everything you do and for volunteering your day and also to the rest of the crew. Which the short did star a first time actor. Yeah. It did, it did, which I thought was really, really good. Um uh, the um you know, and I think that's that's another interesting part that a lot of people don't think about with filmmaking is the audition process. Which which is really interesting for me because I've been on both I've you know what's kinda of cool for me now? I've been on both sides of it now. I've been on the other side when I'm auditioning and I've also been now on the on the other side of the table when it's actually time, you know, being the person who chooses who the you know, who the actor actually is. Um, I never realized how pragmatic it is. It's super just like, you know, it's like the that that person checks this box, that person checks this box, okay, cool. You know, and then let's move on. You know, obviously you want to find the right person, but it is very um, pragmatic. It's very practical. There's you know, there's nothing too, you know, involved in that process except trying to find the best possible person for it. Um, and also, of course, I'm being on the actor side. There's a lot of anxiety that goes into that. What if they don't like me? Um, but uh, it's it's cool. It's a cool perspective for me now being on the other side of that. Um, you know what? You know, hey, Brian, what do you think about the audition process? Um, it was an interesting day, okay. and I think only, and we only had what like five or six people schedule, and half of them didn't even show up. Yeah, so we had three people show up in total. I think here, let me see. I want to say seven or eight people actually submitted for an audition. We skip like uh five of them actually got back with a scheduled yeah. audition, and then only three of them showed up. Yeah, um, so we didn't really have that big of a pool to draw from. From compared to episode two, where <laughs> oh, we actually booked a space to hold auditions, and then we got so many that we had to rent an extra hour of space. Yeah, to it pro- accommodate. It probably didn't help that we we this was our first thing, and we didn't know where to host auditions, so we just held it at our house. It's just like that's gonna look so weird. And especially since we're looking for teenagers, it's like, oh man, just I just please please be over eighteen. Just yeah. Well, no, we we put in the yeah. Yeah, like because we were going to be shooting nights, we wanted to make sure, even though the character was supposed to be sixteen, we wanted to make sure the actors were at least eighteen, so we yeah. could shoot nights and have long days because we needed to get this shot in one and a half days. And actually um, it helped that we had the only we only had one role to fill and everything else in, in Snapchat. It was it was just a kid. I mean yeah. we had you know we already had um, we already had an actress. We already had an actress yeah. Gallia, thank, thank you. you. Thank you Gallia um uh, for everything. We really appreciate it. Um, and obviously we had the intruder. Um, we had our <laughs> our dad, who was our first AD, Marcus. Um, uh, thank you, Marcus, for everything, man, um, for stepping in. Um, we then, love you. Love you, buddy. The um, <laughs> uh, I think um, I, did I step in for first at that point? I think you did. Yeah, it I, sounds like something you would have done. Man, Probably e- either you or Jeff did one of the two. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You know the. Um, and actually, um, a big shout out to Jeff um, for actually taking all of the pictures for Snapchat, being second unit and yeah. handling all that stuff on a separate account. It was um, a great help to have that be separately done while we were still working. Thank um, you. The um, uh, you know, I, you'll hear a lot of thank yous on here because everybody did this for free and everybody yeah. uh, donated their time. Um, uh, so if that's that's one big piece of advice, be over, th- say thank you more than once. Yeah. Say it, let's say it like twenty times because. Um, if you're lucky, you know, these people stick with you for a very long time, um, uh, and, uh, you know, and they'll continue to, to put out great work for you. 
Um, uh, you know, Zach, what was your experience uh, being in the director's chair um, with this particular production? How did you, how did you feel about it? Oh, it was nerve-wracking considering it was the first time I'd done it in over like two years at that point. Possibly three? Two or three years. I don't know. It, it had been a while. And that, that's one of the reasons why we all wanted to do this is because realistically none of us had really filled our roles in a narrative sense since my senior film for school, which was like two or three years ago. In fact... I believe that was the last project that three of us actually worked on together, yep. yeah. narrative-wise. Yeah. I can't think of anything else. So, yeah, this was... It's been a long time coming, so it's like I hadn't done this in years, and I'm just like, all right, I just just make sure everything goes smooth. And for the most part, things went well. Um, I was a little harsh on myself in the beginning, uh, but uh, that's just me over-exaggerating. And to be fair, if you're a director, that's probably how you're going to feel. Oh, you are yeah. your own worst critic. <laughs> However bad you think it is, it's probably half as bad as it is. Probably. Yeah. So just think of it that way. If there's any advice I can give. But in the end, at the end of the day, everything turned out well. You know, we we came out with a with a quality product, and I'm proud of that. So yeah, I I have really no complaints. Are there things we could have done better? Absolutely. Yeah, there always will be. Yep. You will always notice things that you can do better on all your projects. Um, uh, Brent, uh, you know this is, must have been interesting for you being <laughs> being a DP and being a uh, an EP at the same time. Well, and writer, and writer. One one quick note: um, don't make the same mistake me and Brandon did. Don't let your DP make the shot list by himself and then get on set and then go, "Oh, we probably should have went over that." Okay, so now I got to come up with everything kind of on this spot. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, this this ought to be an interesting shoot. So that was one thing I fucked up. So, yeah. I, you know, but hey, we learned from it again. I'm, it was a learning experience. Like I said, three years, and I'm just like, shit. I'm feeling really good about episode two. Yeah, because we already that fixed one. that problem. <laughs> the um, you know, the one thing too I was gonna ask you because a lot of people don't know. You know, people have a general idea, but maybe if you can go in a little bit of explanation about what a DP actually is. Um, uh, so DP, director of photography, cinematographer. Um, we're basically in charge of camera and lighting. Um, yeah, it's we decide where the lights go, <laughs> and with the uh, collaboration of the director, the angle and the framing of the piece. And I've worked with directors that want to; they're very specific about what they want the frame to look like. And then um, I have people like Zach and Jeff who it's they tell me like a general idea of what they want. But the specifics of how to go about it are completely up to me. Um, That's always nice. That's always yeah. nice to have that kind I always like. I always kind of prefer that because it's I can just be free to do what I want and well, not completely do what I want, but within reason of the piece and the story. Um, but yeah, it's uh, basically we're in charge of creating the look of the movie, essentially. Okay. Cool. 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 And then. Um, how did it uh, feel being an, an EP and a, and a DP um, at the same time, executive producer and a um, director of photography um, at the same time, and being involved in that whole process, not just the day of the shoot, and then you know you're, you know. Before I answer, let me ask you a counter question: How did I look on the day of the sets? <laughs> you know, I, I, if I remember correctly. You, you look pretty. You look focused. Okay. Um, uh, and and quite intense. You may have been dying on the inside. Yes. I yes, know. I was. The um, you were really good at faking it. Um, I gotta say. Um, I, the um, I, I think you kept a pretty good. Compo- I think everybody kept a pretty yeah. good composure. 
Oh my. No, it's um, yeah, handling um, EP, DP, and writing. I'm by the time we stepped on set, the writing portion was over with. Of course. Um, but standing in all three of those roles really didn't intimidate me that much. What I was more freaking about, uh, freaking out about on the inside, <laughs> at least was this is my first narrative piece as a dp since i've actually said i'm a dp (laughs) um because everything before that point had either been like an ad for a small business or interviews interviews um like we'd done plenty of work up until that point but it was all commercial work it wasn't actually anything on a narrative sense so that that was really the big change scripted narrative like the closest thing was like a framing device for an interview show yeah um which that's kind of it's not really narrative but it's not really documentary either it's it's a framing device um that had green screen in it uh, <laughs> Sorry, Zach. <laughs> no, it was fine. It went very smooth, in my opinion. Yep. So, Which like, I, I best you, goddamn said, key. Yeah, best yeah. key I've ever had in my life. And that was my first time shooting green screen since I left school. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, to be back fair, when I had no idea what I was doing. I was yeah. going to say, to be fair, it's not hard to beat that damn screen. The only thing that screen has over ours is it's bigger, but it's so much dirtier because that school. Well, it's no longer around anymore. They did not know how to maintain that damn thing. Nope. So infuriating. Um, but yeah, and just because this is my first like actual narrative piece as a DP, and I've done narrative pieces before as a DP, but that was before I said I was a DP. Like how those... Um, I don't want to call them jobs because I didn't get paid for them. Experiences. One, one of experiences because it's like it was that weird time in my life where I just graduated but I was still helping out fellow students so they were student they were student pieces but technically I was not a student anymore so it's that so I don't really they're student pieces I'll, I'll say sure. um, but how a lot of those came about where uh, the original DP on those sets would drop out and I'd be the only one that had any kind of confidence whatsoever uh, to go behind the camera because nobody wants to be responsible for ruining the look of somebody else's piece. It is a very intimidating thing and it's just like, uh, I'll try it and before... And beforehand, before I even roll, I would say, you acknowledge I'm not a DP, so you are taking a risk on me. <laughs> Here's my legal documentation, sir. Because um, uh... I don't want to ruin somebody else's piece either, but also I had no idea what I was doing back then. Like back then, I was trying to become an editor. The, um, uh, no, well, I'm glad that you you switched because you're pretty damn good DP. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, I got good by making a lot of mistakes. Well, yeah, that's well, how we all get here. Yeah. They, um, you will make a fuck ton of mistakes. Just be prepared. Yeah, you will. You make a huge a bunch of mistakes. And speaking of freaking out, I think like the only one who was really freaking out was me because I I'd never done sound before. Yeah, um, and also we were filming in your childhood home, and so you of course had a few. Well, yeah, well, I had a few concerns and everything else. So, you know, don't put that lamp that that close to the projector and, you know, shit like that and everything else. You know, make sure it doesn't go through the window. The uh, I had a, a nice little uh, crew speech um, beforehand 
talk about how you know please treat this home like it's your home the um uh, which I, which by the way everyone was a hundred percent respectful um of and nobody nobody did anything wrong but yeah i was definitely freaking out because because i had the same feeling of not only do you not want to fuck up the look of it you do not want to fuck up the sound of it no because people notice sound immediately, immediately yeah the um uh, you know but i you know funny enough i have a weird you know love for it like i i, I you know i i love other things more but you know but i do i do like it though um it is it is interesting to do Zach and Brandon do not like it whatsoever. Nope. I hate it. Don't yeah. want to do it. Want not. I will edit it. That's it. The um, uh, you know. I mean, for me, it's not that I hate it. It's not what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot more to it than just keeping your eye on levels and everything. There yeah. is. There are other things to it than what people think it is. To all of you who think sound is easy and are not in film, it's not. No, and you also have to have balls to actually tell the director and the DP to, to stop filming because you hear something in the background, and that's intimidating all by itself. Um, I happen to have good relationships with, with the first AD, the director, and the DP on that set, so I could have easily have said, hey, guys, I hear something in the background. We're going to cut anything else, but that, you know, please give you know, your support to your sound folks because they have to be the ones who say, um, plane... Or a car, or I hear something in the background. Hold for squirrels. Hold for anything. <laughs> the uh, I'm sure it's happened before. Oh, it has. I've I've had people hold for motorcycle, like you know, like I, dude on the set of clowns, dude. Somebody, some guy, literally pulled up in town square, and you know, there's 20 people filming. I've like 20 extras, a whole crew, and everything else. This dude pulled up. In his bike with no muffler on the bike and everything else. Pulled up to a cafe, pulled up on the sidewalk and everything else. Pulled it off, got on the bike, kept the bike running while he went into the bakery and everything else. We're, 30 people are literally staring at this dude. Doesn't even notice. There's people in the cafe that are laughing their asses off because they see 30 people just shift and look directly at this bakery. And this dude totally oblivious. He's in there getting coffee, bullshitting with the barista and everything. Goes, hey, yeah, it was great. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to eat my muffin. And then he goes and eats, eats his fucking muffin. Sits on his bike for 30 seconds while he eats his muffin. And then hops on and finally he turns to his right and then sees somebody. T- I see somebody talk to him and then point towards us. <laughs> he looks up to us and sees 30 people give him the death stare. And he goes, oh. And then waves. <laughs> and then drives <laughs> off the bike. So, so, yeah. So, that's funny stories of logistical things that go on, especially for sound. And you have to, you know, you're at the mercy of the world. Um, uh, <laughs> Brad's making a face like, yeah, I've never heard something so true. Um, uh, the um, It's definitely, you know, I've definitely got the experience of, of shifting into a few different roles. I've had to... Um, do second AD, um, which is fun. Um, no one, I challenge anyone to fuck with my my ability to, to call cadence. The um, I'm I'm the cadence master when it comes to calling. Cadence. Tell the people what cadence is. Um, okay, um, uh, cadence is uh, is essentially um, shouting to shut the hell up um, <laughs> in a very nice way. Um, uh, it's it, uh, right before. Obviously, there's there's um, when we're repositioning for the next shot. There's a lot of people that are talking, you know, the actors are, are conversing with the director, second AD, wardrobe, everybody's talking and, you know, you know, you got the grips, 
we're all moving lights and electrical and you know, hey move that thing over there hey move that thing oh yeah by the way your character needs to do this blah 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 blah, blah. and first or second AD will come in and call Cadence Cadence is, a, is, is basically telling everyone to be quiet because we're about to go for the next take and um, I have a very very loud booming theater voice um, that can carry um, although I did have to call Cadence one time when I was playing um, a lead actor, which is what well, you're not supposed to Cultish. They yell, I actually called Cadence on that set. Um, and and Jeff, <laughs> Jeff actually actually went, went uh, he actually laughed. He laughed really hard. He's like, I can't believe you fucking called Cadence. And everything else. I was like, these son of a bitches weren't shutting up. And, and no one was playing, playing second at that point. So I'm going to take charge of that. And I was just second on a previous shoot. So I'm like, nah, I'm just going to do that. Um, uh, the only thing I refuse to do as an actor is is, is slate. Is slate my own scene. I, I can't do that. I did that once, and I will never do it again. You will not make me do it. I will stab you. <laughs> I want to hear that story. There are two goals I now have. I literally, it was it was a cop shoot that was in my that's in my reel. And everything else. That scene. Elevator. Elevator. Uh, okay, so uh, I hate elevators. Um, I hate dealing with elevators. Hitchcock had a great quote. Said, "Don't ever work with children or animals." I added elevators to that list. The um, and I'll I'll put in a link to my acting reel so everybody can see. It. Or actually, I'll put in a, a link to the episode, um, in this description so you guys can see it. The elevator, and you know, so what would happen is you're supposed, uh, we're supposed to shoot it so he's pressing the button for the elevator. Elevator opens. He, uh, you know, it, it actually. Um, opens and everything else, and then we have dialogue with each other, and then it closes and everything else, because because um, he misses the elevator because uh, we're in mid dialogue, and then he has to hit the button again, and then open up the elevator, and then it goes down again. Problem is that this particular elevator and everything else, it had a reset button on it. So what would happen is we were on the fourth floor, and he hit the button and everything else, and if the take took too long, the elevator would eventually reset and then go all the way down to the first floor. So there would be points where we would be waiting for this elevator that's actually supposed to still be on the same fucking floor and everything else to come back up to the fourth floor. It was one of the most, the worst logistical nightmare that I have ever been a part of and everything else. Not to mention, I'm pretty sure that the fucking sound guy was on drugs and he was <laughs> falling asleep in between takes and everything else while they were resetting. It was one of the worst experiences that I've ever been. Not to mention that it, that I guess his girlfriend was was doing slate and she disappeared at some point and the sound guy was falling asleep and finally I was there for eight hours. We shot two scenes, the elevator scene and the other one. Granted, there was logistical problems in that. They took an hour and a half lunch on this set. It was awful, terrible, and um, they were ta- they were actually looking for the girl to go get the slate. They found her, but she couldn't find the slate. So she went back out to go find the slate again. I was like, fuck it, I'm done. Everything else, ready, ready when you are. So say, say action, say rolling. Marker, take, go. Call action. I was so pissed, I was so done with whatever was going on. And then I had to push the elevator button. Like, and like, action, it was like a comedy. It's like, action, everything else. And then and literally when I said action, they hit the slate. I heard the elevator resetting and going back down. Like, son of a bitch! <laughs> I pressed the button again. The, um, it was, oh, it was one of the worst things. I remember leaving, and, and I'm like, I hope I never, uh, I never have to do that again. 
the end note, I never have to deal with elevators of any kind um, in my entire career as an actor because they are some of the worst logistics to Well, Mark, with. it's funny that you should say that because I got a surprise for you. <laughs> some of it. Uh, I recently got the rights to remake Speed. Or not rather the full movie, but just the rights to remake the beginning of Speed. And guess what? You're going to be the lead actor. Uh Oh, I am an FBI agent. <laughs> I know, man. It's wild. The, um, uh, oh, God. I love Speed. One of my favorite action movies. It's pretty much Die Hard on a, on a bus, but, you know. You it's know. like Speed 2, but with a bus instead of a boat. Oh, we don't talk about Speed 2. <laughs> Not, nobody talks about Speed 2. Anyway. Um, uh, just love about Fight Club, we don't talk about Speed 2. The, uh, but, yeah, it is one of the most logistical nightmares and everything else. Um, another piece of advice with filming Keep time. Everyone's time is valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone actually, you know, we, we want to get the job done and go. Like, you know, we're, we're there because we love to do it and everything else, but you really have to respect everyone's time, you know, especially, especially when they're not being paid. Yeah. Which, that, that was cute that you just practiced that. The, um, uh, you said yeah at the same time. The, when you live together, you just kind of become... <sighs> Almost the same person. Yeah. I'm gonna stab you later. The uh, anyway, the uh, but it's uh, <laughs> but yeah, the time is the time is super valuable, especially when you're not paying everybody. Um, uh, and though they're volunteering their time, so so please be mindful of the time. That's why a great first AD and a great second AD is super important because they're because they're gonna be people who are gonna keep time. And are going to be those people who, who challenge every department on how much time they're taking. Yeah, absolutely necessary. The um, uh, you need somebody who's kind of a, like either really super sweet or kind of a ball buster or somewhere in between. I say somewhere in between. It's it usually you, is you need the perfect mix. Yeah, because if you get a ball buster, everybody just wants to rip that fucker's head off. If and you get somebody who's too sweet, sweet then it's just like done. yeah, the you need that perfect middle ground. Like there's no in between on that one. Somebody who could show authority but also show respect. The, um, and that's, um, so, and actually DP, sound, everything else, um, the second AD, by the way, we keep talking about the second AD, I think it's fair that we actually talk about what, what those two people do and everything else. Second AD is real simple, they mostly handle the, the talent and the actors, um, uh, to make sure they get to the set when they need to get to the set. It's really that simple. The, uh, they confer with the sec- uh, with the, uh, with the first AD. And every once in a while, they'll go to certain departments and say, you know, hey, what, how much time do you need and everything else. And actually, Zach, you probably know more, more about what the first AD does. Eh? Brandon? First AD is in charge of scheduling. That's probably job number one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if you schedule, so, like, if, um, let's say we're filming two scenes... One takes place in uh, New York City. The other one takes place in Las Vegas. And somehow those two scenes got scheduled literally right after each other in the same day. But you're shooting on location. That's a first AD uh, mistake. A very extreme one. But, uh, but, but I think it illustrates what they're in charge of. Fair enough. Fair enough. And basically uh, they help handle extras. They help with the uh, director and whatever he needs. Um, that's my understanding I don't as a DP my experience with the assistant director is they're the person that tells me to hurry up (laughs) 
Fair enough. Fair enough. The um, uh, and actually, you know what? Though, then you probably be much better uh, to explain the 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 only thing we didn't talk about, which was um, Grimson Electric and what they do. Yeah, they're in charge of the rigging. Uh, Grips are in charge of the rigging, the dollies, pretty much all the uh, camera support equipment in one way or another. Um, and then the uh, electric is in charge of the actual lights themselves. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Can give you an idea about what, what goes on on a film set and what everybody does. Yeah. And, and of course, when we're dealing with such small sets oftentimes grip and electric are the same person or the same two people on the sets i've been in whereas when you get to like really big sets those are two two separate departments two separate departments two separate unions half the yeah. time the um uh, but but yeah so i think i, I think that's enough um uh, yep. enough for our first podcast especially since we've only got 12 minutes left on the card fair enough that makes sense yeah yeah fair enough we've been talking for a while we got went on a few tangents yeah. we did you know what though but this is a good opportunity to to give a little bit of education yep to, to some of the you know the other people that want to you know maybe want to get involved more in film and want to do more stuff that we do um uh, so i you know i i'll definitely uh um Toss it over to Zach for last thoughts. Go around the circle, and then I'll wrap it up. Squirrels. That's not the last thought, Zach. Nah, all right. Um, uh, that was our fluffy cat, Snake. Um, he is awesome, but... Uh, Staring at us. Yeah, uh, because he's adorable. What are uh, you humans doing? We're doing a podcast! Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Zach, go on. Yeah. Um... Yeah, this is planned to be a weekly thing. We're not sure if that's actually going to happen. I guess you'll find out when it does, but, um, yeah, this is fun. Uh, you've learned a little bit about us, you know, how crazy I am and how Mark likes to stroke his nerd boner and then Brandon is Brandon. (laughs) He waves. (laughs) So, yeah, if you enjoy this, please come back and like us. If you don't like us, then... Like us anyway. (laughs) Put a like on it. We tried. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's our first episode. We don't know what we're doing. We really don't. Not at least podcast-wise. To, to, to be fair, does anybody really know what they're doing, Zach? Yes. No, they don't. No, they don't. They, yes. they really don't. They just, we just really pretend like we do. Yeah. And if, if anything, the more sure somebody acts, probably the, the less they know what, about what's going on. You don't know that. Brandon, um, final thoughts for the... Uh... Yeah, I just can't wait to talk about horror more often. It's my favorite genre of storytelling. Um, doesn't matter if it's a movie, a book, board game, comics, which we did not talk about the comics I was going to talk about. But, um, we'll we'll save, leave that for we'll, another, we'll, another we'll, occasion. We'll save that for... Um, let's talk about body horror next episode. That'll be a perfect... Ooh. That'll be a perfect um, category. I'll bring my body parts out for that one. The uh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, body horror is something that uh, I have a unique interest in. Hellraiser, The Fly, Video, uh, Video Dome, Video Drone, Video Drone, like Society. Yeah. Zach and I definitely <laughs> have uh, a story that we can share about. Oh, Society! society. That was a um, very fun movie night. Yeah, but let's save it for 
Next episode we'll talk about yeah. body horror. Yeah. And Absolutely. Also the thing, of course, you gotta add to the thing. Yes, the thing. The, uh, um, but yeah, I just love talking about horror, past, present, future, our own horror productions, true horror stories. Um, and yeah, I just can't wait to get into more detail in future episodes. I indeed. They should become more organized within the next, I don't know, thirty episodes, give or take fifty feet. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll hope we get it done sooner <laughs> than that. But um uh, I'll definitely uh, end it out here. Um, uh, obviously, thank you very much uh, for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, uh, we're working really hard to try to get the uh, the Living Nightmares series out more often. Um, I know that I'll, you know I speak for the other two gentlemen here that um, we're very very passionate about this project. Um, but thank you for all your support. Thank you to everybody else that supports us. Um, and, and we don't want to leave our audience without content, which is why we're doing this podcast correct. so we can make sure we. Always at least have something to bring to our audience. Yeah, correct, and that—that's the main reason why we're actually doing this is because obviously it, it takes a while to get those uh, Living Nightmare episodes done, and we want to have something um, that keeps you updated on what we're doing, and also keeps you it actually gives you an opportunity to, to know us a little bit better on who's behind the Living Nightmares uh, series, um, and um, and it gives you a better idea. But again, thank you so much for all, you know all your support. Uh, please give this a like. And a comment um, uh, and uh, and a subscribe would be super awesome as well. Uh, thank you so much and hey, take it easy.